This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal Podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr, and today we're going to be talking about cancel culture, or as I'd like to call, scandal-proof music. So... Uh, in the past couple of years, there has been this hype, this oversaturation of quote-unquote cancel culture. And basically, if you have no idea what that is, that is the ideology that an artist, a musician, an actor, an actress, any kind of entertainer, entrepreneur, if they have any form of slight disgrace against them, if they've done something even morbidly inconsiderate or in indecent in the past... I don't know, their entire lifetime, then they don't deserve the right to be famous anymore. And these things can vary between, you know, back when you were 12 years old, you said some very racist things to a group of black people. Or when you were in your early 20s, you said some very homophobic things to a not homophobic person or, you know, whatever the makeup may be, this, that, or the third. My whole thing about cancel culture, specifically when it comes to musicians, is that People will nitpick at the tiniest things or refer to something that happened over 10 years ago. I have a personal philosophy. This is me, myself. I don't hold anything against anybody that they did when they were in high school, i.e. a teenager, because nobody makes wise decisions when they're 14, 15 years old. No one is the person that they're going to be for the rest of their life when they're 14 or 15 years old. Or if it was over a decade ago... Like if it was over 10 years ago, I won't hope that against you either because you're not the same person that you were 10 years ago. And I, and I, and I prove this philosophy over and over time and time again when I go onto my Facebook every morning and, you know, check what's new, what's happening with people around me. But then I also go to my Facebook memories and I'll see posts from 10 years ago that don't even sound like me. The, the, the person that I was 10 years ago was this desperate, pathetic, you know, eager to please, want to fit into the crowd. And, and not only was what I was saying outlandish and just ridiculous, but even the way that I would text and type was just beyond ridiculous. So if I can inv- evaluate myself and say, hey, man, this this right here is dumb. This is stupid. I, what was I even talking about? What was I even thinking? Who was I even referring to? I'm not going to hold another person accountable over some shit that they did or said, you know, 10 plus years ago. Granted, I wasn't, you know, slurring anybody. I think I'm more hateful now as a as a mid 20 year old than I was when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. But that's neither here nor there. So that whole thing of cancel culture, which is holding someone accountable of something that they've done when they were young and naive and probably very, very stupid is absolutely ridiculous to me because you're not the same individual. Your mind has changed. Your mind can change. And most people's minds do change. Now, if you're the type of person that, you know, you started doing drugs when you were 17, 18 years old and you moved on to harder core shit now, yes, you may have changed as a person, but you've gotten worse. You didn't change for the better. If you've changed for the better then what's the point of bringing up some shit that you done when you were younger? And I've seen stories, and this is a little unrelated, but I've seen stories of the most racist, beyond racist people. 
And all it takes is like one crazy event, one individual, one life-changing, life-threatening experience that will make them completely we reevaluate themselves, who they are, what they're doing, and why they're doing it. And those people aren't held accountable for their ways because they've changed. And that's very much possible. But when it comes to musicians specifically, people want to find anything to ruin a person's success. And they will wait until that person is at the peak of their career to throw some scandalous shit out in their direction and try to ruin their reputation as best as possible. Have you ever noticed that when a song uses a sample, the person who knows that their sample is being used will keep their mouth shut until three, five, maybe seven years down the road when the song is like triple platinum, almost diamond status. And, you know, it's renowned, it's won awards and it's broken records. That's the time that that person comes out and says, hey, you use a sample of my song and you didn't ask me permission. I'm going to sue you for everything that you have. Why? Because you knew the success behind the song was unbeatable. And that you knew that eventually that song would be worth more then than it would be when you realized that your sample was being used. And that's bogus. So there's a lot of controversy around cancel culture. And a lot of people are like, it might as well not even exist. Because the people you try to quote unquote cancel are still just as successful as they were before the scandal appeared in the public eye. Now for some people, when it comes to like racism, homophobia, or you know, if you're a sex offender, then those things will stick pretty heavy. And I'm not the type of person who will get jiggy behind someone who is accepting of any kind of sex offender. Nicki Minaj is a good example of this. A lot of people, I'm not going to say still don't fuck with Nicki Minaj like that. I know that I don't. And I don't know if cancel culture has attacked her as much as it has other artists that I have on my list of people to talk about. But What I can say about Nicki Minaj is that she is very, very comfortable around men who have reputations of being sex offenders and pedophiles. And for a female to be uber comfortable around men who take joy and pleasure out of sexually assaulting minors and and other women, that you I can't get jiggy with that shit. So if you ask me if I listen to Nicki Minaj now. I'm going to be like, no. Was I ever really a super duper fan of Nicki Minaj? Not really. I felt like I was on the the bandwagon, which I'm, this isn't going to, you know, hold account her greatness because she does have some pretty iconic verses in her career that I can't just sweep under the rug. I'm not going to sit here and say that she doesn't make great music, but if you ask me if I listen to it, I'm going to tell you no. And Correct me if I'm wrong, I I don't know because I don't follow her as much as I did when I was in fucking 10th grade, which further proves my point, I think. I don't even know if she's made any new music lately. Like, I, I don't know what she's doing besides being a parent, which kudos to you for being a parent. Congratulations. Enjoy your life. But as far as me listening to her music, I'm I'm probably not going to do it. Which that's the conversation for another day leading into, you know, music that I felt like I had to listen to because everyone else was listening to it. But again, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Specifically in this conversation, I want to talk about Doja Cat, Daniel Caesar, and Chris Brown. First things first, let's talk about Doja Cat. Uh, Me and my best friend, uh, Pretty Panda, 
uh, have already discussed Doja Cat in past few episodes. Now, I don't remember, pray tell, if I posted those episodes just because right around the time that we did the Doja Cat episode, her scandal was released. And if you're unfamiliar with the scandal, she was accused of, and this is, this is just to put in a time frame, the parallels of the time frame. About a year and a half ago, it's 2021 now, so maybe I want to say two years ago, she was accused of displaying herself on racist chat rooms, using racial slurs against herself to cater to and entertain racist white men. So she subjected herself to the stereotype of a racist, I'm not a racist, but she subjected herself to the stereotype of a typical black woman and paraded that fantasy for racist white men, allowed those racist white men to use slur after slur against her, encourage the behavior, and then use those slurs against herself. And then was quoted saying that she is disgraceful of her half black side and regrets that about her. So basically admitting to self-hating her blackness, even though she uses said blackness to profit and entertain her community, basically her fan base. So my whole thing about that was after that, I kind of can't look at Doja Cat the same way, but, and this is the point of what I'm trying to say. The music that she makes is so good a lot of people overlook that scandal, hence scandal-proof music. So since then, she hasn't really made anything new. The newest song that she has is Kiss Me More with SZA, and apparently her and SZA have a project coming out together. So she hasn't made any new music since that scandal was released about two years ago. And according to a source that I've heard, and this is not... Uh, factual, so I don't know if this is true or not, her record label is preventing her from making new music, which is why whenever you see Doja Cat doing something, it's the same three to five recycled songs performed in different intervals. So, and she's and she's also blowing up on TikTok insanely, which is really, I, I'm convinced that that's why she's even still in the spotlight in the first place is because of her influence on TikTok. If you go on a TikTok, you will see snippets of her songs being used in every other video. And it's been like that for maybe the past two and a half years. So right around the time this scandal got released to the public, her music on TikTok has been exploding everywhere. And all of her music has been going viral because of TikTok. So that's songs like Streets, which is all over the place. She got this song with this whack ass dude. And the song is called Dicks. And it's it's literally the stupidest song I have ever... His verse... I don't know what the guy's name is, and I really don't care to know, but his verse is terrible. Like, his entire what he's talking about makes zero sense, and it's just bad. But then her verse comes in, and it's phenomenal. I'm not even going to hold you. It's great. So you have those songs, and then you have Say So, of course, which went viral on TikTok for the longest amount of time. She re-performed Say So for an award show. I'm pretty sure it was the VMAs last year. Not this past VMAs, but 2020 VMAs. This is when everyone was doing their whole, you know, performing it somewhere else and then showing it on the TV type of performances. And it was great. It was absolutely amazing. But I can't get over the fact that she basically just hates the part of herself that she's parading 
and and showing out of. Like you're using the part of yourself that you despise the most to profit off of and make money. And that just doesn't seem right to me. I, I can't, it doesn't sit right with me. I can't get jiggy with that shit. Now, does does that take away the fact that she makes great music? No. Thinking about it right now at this very second off the top of my head, she probably doesn't even contribute to a lot of the music that she creates. You know, I'm pretty sure she writes her own verses because they're very unique. It's this very idiosyncratic way of her flow and then the wordplay that she chooses to use. And not too many artists have that very unique sense of writing. It's only a handful of artists who can do it. And she's one of them. That doesn't take away the fact that she basically publicize her self-hatred but people will sweep that under the rug because of the music that she makes and how phenomenal it is now let's talk about Daniel Caesar for just a hot second because Daniel Caesar had a scandal and and I am a huge Daniel Caesar fan and this is the cancel coach that actually chokeholded an individual until they just disappeared so I'm gonna say maybe Three and a half years ago, this is post-pandemic, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Early 2019, Daniel Caesar was caught on his live, either Twitter or Instagram, saying how some black people just need to get over themselves and they need to be better and stop hating white people all the time for doing the things that they did in the past. And he got a lot of hate for this shit. And he even said in his live feed, you know, if y'all want to cancel me, then cancel me. If y'all don't want to buy my music no more, don't buy it. If y'all don't want to support me, then don't support me. But I stand behind what I say and I meant it. Now, I had heard about this scandal, but I also didn't care because Daniel Caesar makes the most beautiful music I have ever heard in my life. It is breathtaking. It is rejuvenating. It is, you know, psychedelically stimulating. It is just beyond amazing. And I went, and then following that, that year, I bought tickets for a Daniel Caesar concert. And I went, and it was at a very small venue. It wasn't, you know, a humongous, like, he didn't sell out the Bridgestone or anything like that. But it was a very small venue, and it was slam-packed, jam-packed, full of people. I got the videos on my Instagram and my Facebook, and I had a great time. I had a great fucking time. And understanding that this man has not made a single record since that concert. I have not heard from him since then. So 2019 was the last time I had heard anything about Daniel Caesar. They still play his music on the radio. I still hear it in movies and TV shows. He's still referenced, you know, in pop culture, but he doesn't make music anymore. And I also seen somewhere that that last album that he put out didn't do nearly as good as the first one. So at this point, he's basically considered in the same categories as one-hit wonders. You know, he had two very strong studio albums, a mixtape prior to that, and then he just disappeared. Now, will I blame this on cancel culture? Probably, because you can't go off saying the things that he said and then think you can get away with it. But how is it justifiable that someone like Daniel Caesar can say, you know, black people need to get over themselves and just accept things for what they are and stop being so bitter mad toward white people about... XYZ and he gets flushed out completely. But Doja Cat can go on and say how much she hates her black side. 
She embraces the white side and she uses racial slurs, verbal slurs against herself for the entertainment of racist white men. And she's still doing pretty damn good. Granted, she she's not making any new music, like I said, but she still can go out in public and people not you know, want to throw tomatoes at her, which I feel like that's backwards. The whole concept of cancel culture is to ruin somebody's career. And it's like the cancel culture had their hands around her throat and then just let it go. And honestly, if I had to pick between the two, Daniel Caesar makes way better music than Doja Cat. And you can quote me on that. He makes way better music. His music is sensual. It's exotic and intoxicating. It's it's like the type of R&B music that people don't hear because it never existed up until a certain point in time. It's this very dragged out, you know, full of color and light and passion. And the words, his lyricism is impeccable. The things that he chooses to say and how he chooses to say it is so unique that I don't think it's ever been done before And if it has, it hasn't been done to that level, that amount of energy and time that he puts into every single song is just immaculate versus Doja Cat, who literally is profiting off of her blackness. And she confessed that she hates that part of herself. How do you hate something and yet you profit off it? That's like big corporation type shit. It's a it's a dangerous mindset to have. And it's also very brainwashing because, again, like I said, she's going viral off of TikTok videos. Other people are using her music and her songs and her verses and her lyrics to make videos on the Internet that have millions to billions of views, millions to billions of likes. She's circulating very, very quickly like wildfire. But I'm also extremely convinced that if apps like TikTok didn't exist, then her music would have came crumbling down around her the second that her scandal was released. Now, you can argue that Doja Cat is a great musician, a great artist. She's beautiful. She's talented, whatever. None of that matters to me if you know deep down inside that you hate yourself and everything that you're doing is rolled around the idea of something that you hate, and that is just bothersome. So if you ask me if I listen to Doja Cat, I'm I'm not even going to hold you. Some of her songs are catchy as fuck. I find myself singing them. I find myself listening to them. And I had a conversation with my brother about this. Like, how are you going to support an artist's music, but you can't get behind the artist as an individual? Because we've talked about this, and I was telling him how you can like an artist as a person, but not so much as a musician. And that's kind of the opposite of how I feel about Doja Cat. I don't like Doja Cat as a person, but I like her as an artist. And he was like, well, you can't support the artist if you don't support the person because they're still making profits off of you and you claim that you don't like them. And that's very, very true. But that also draws the question, is Doja Cat scandal proof? Is her music so good that you can sweep it under the rug and just look past it because she makes great music? And if that's the case, how do people like Daniel Caesar disappear? Because I didn't even know about his scandal until after I had bought tickets to that concert. And someone told me about it. And I was like, damn, really? That's fucked up. But I still went to the concert. Like, I wasn't going to not go. Like, I'm still going. So it's a very flip-floppy way of thinking and it's also kind of dangerous for the individual or the artist in question because it's like 
You can't say or do anything without the fear of being canceled. Many people would argue that cancel culture is dangerous in itself just because you put so many young artists at risk of being left out to dry, being deadbeats, being nothing, being wash-ups. Last but not least, let's talk about Chris Brown because Chris Brown has to be one of the most scandalous musicians in history. From the beginning of his career being this sweet, innocent, you know, charming young man with a beautiful voice and amazing dance skills. And then it evolved into this like hardcore, dangerous, bad boy persona that evolved even more into this like super strong, super aggressive, super charming, you know, super dangerous individual that you don't want to mess with, but you also like can't help but be drawn to. And the list of Chris Brown scandals is ridiculously long. Starting with the most obvious one, his entire career took a very rocky road with this whole Chris Brown beats Rihanna scandal, which we've all seen the pictures. If you haven't, Google them. The story has been warped and warped in different, from different perspectives all throughout time. And then, you know, eventually he did an interview where he was saying his side of the story, and his side of the story is they were fighting each other. He left marks and bruises and bumps all over her face and body, body, but she left scratches and bite marks and bruises and cuts all over his. In his words, he was defending himself, which... I'm I'm not one to go against defending yourself, especially if you're a man who gets into a fight with a woman and the woman is beating the shit out of you. You have every single right to knock her the fuck out and get her off of you if you absolutely have to. Because and this isn't a jab on Rihanna because I'm not I'm not here to pick sides. I'm just saying in general, if a woman beats the hell out of a man and a man lays his hand on her one time, she'll be the first one to cry wolf and say, he hit me, so I I fought back. That's the usual argument, and women like that are disgusting. Women like that are dangerous. Women like that deserve to go to jail. Women like that deserve to get their ass beat by other women, you know? But it, it seemed, at the time, it seemed so excessive, the amount of damage he did to her physically. And maybe, maybe if there were some photos of him after the fact, if we could see his bruises, his cuts, his bite marks, his his bruised body, then maybe it would be, I'm not going to say justifiable, but it could be more of an argument. But since we only saw photos of her, he looked like the immediate victim. And there were so many Chris Brown fans who were like, oh, you don't understand. He was, in, he was raised in a rough household and he witnessed abuse from his mother. He would never do anything like that. Because you have them. You have you have the people who will defend their favorite artist till they die. And and I understand that level of obsession, of course. But also at the time, I was very, very young. I was very, very naive. And this, of course, did not stop me from listening to Chris Brown's music. Let's speed up a couple of more years. He has this alleged child that nobody knows about. We have his daughter, Royalty, and then we have his son, Nobody knows about these babies until it's too late. And, you know, whenever a man has a child by two different, two or more women, it's automatically a scandal because it's like, damn, what the hell is wrong with you? People automatically assume that if a man has a child by more than one woman, something is wrong with him. 
which I don't know how I feel about that, but that's just adding to the list of issues. And then we fast forward even more. Chris Brown is colorist. He has colorism, which is a short way of saying he discriminates against different women of color based off of how light or dark their skin tones are. So it doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican, Asian, Hispanic, you know, exotic from another country, whatever. He does not fuck with anyone whose skin is really, really dark, really, really dark skinned women. He can't, he don't fuck with them. There's been several people on social media, several influencers, several entrepreneurs and entertainers who have confirmed this whenever he's out at nightclubs and there's a group of groupies, you know, trying to get into the VIP section. He won't let any of the dark skinned girls in. He only lets in the light skinned girls. He does not fuck with dark skinned women. And that is a huge problem considering that a majority of his fan base is black women and a lot of them are pretty dark. How are they supposed to feel about that? Me, myself personally, being a dark skinned woman, I I take that personal. Like, because first of all, what the fuck is wrong with me? And second of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? Now, I may not be the most attractive woman on the planet. I'm not flawless by any means, but I damn sure am not the ugliest dark-skinned woman on the planet. And I have seen the likes of women who range from drop-dead gorgeous to butt-the-fuck ugly in every spot on the spectrum in between. And I can tell you with certainty that beauty comes in different levels on different scales and spectrums. So just because a woman is darker than the other, that makes them less beautiful? Have you seen? <laughs> Have you seen some of these dark-skinned women that are entertainers, even just models? Like, you're going to tell me that you're going to reject her, this drop-dead gorgeous, beautiful woman, just because she has darker skin than the light-skinned, average-looking woman standing next to her? It's ridiculous. Anyone who is colorist has serious self-hate problems and you need to go see a therapist because there is something severely wrong with you if you don't think that dark-skinned women are just as beautiful as light-skinned women. And again, I've seen some butt-ugly women before that come in all shades and colors and shapes and sizes, but you're not going to sit here and tell me that just because a woman is dark-skinned that you automatically think that she's ugly. I feel like anyone who has a kind of mentality is like... You're fucking insane because you're not looking at the same type of women that I am. And I'm not even into women like that. So correct yourself, please, because you're embarrassing. You're embarrassing all of it. Finally, this nigga's horrible, horrible drug problem. Over the years, it has been joked about that Chris Brown is this over-aggressive lover. And with all of the women that he's with, he likes to play a little rough and tough with them. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking clear based off of his past history. And again, I'm not going to hold you over some shit you did 10 years ago, but this is also pretty recent. In the last three or four, he's been seen choking women out of nightclubs and kicking women out of the VIP section, and apparently this nigga does cocaine. Now, I'm not the type that'll knock somebody for doing some shit that I don't understand or I wouldn't do myself, but any motherfucker who does cocaine for fun has an issue, and they definitely need to go see somebody about that. And then, this has just been in the last couple of weeks, recently, they've showed pictures of him, and he does not look good. Now, obviously, there have been some, you know, edits and photoshops to a lot of these um, pictures, 
and people just like to make jokes. People just like to be funny. People just like to over-exaggerate. But he honestly does not look as good as he did in his prime. Now, there are plenty of people who, after their prime, they still look good. They still look, I'm not even going to say halfway decent. They look great. Chris Brown is spiraling downward. And yet, he's still out here making music. He's still out here doing his thing. He's still out here being an entertainer. And people are still listening to this nigga. So, of all of the things that Chris Brown has done in his career that should have been career-ending scandals, he still manages somehow to be where he is. Successful, flourishing, thriving, making music, making money. Exactly how strong is cancel culture if those within it can pick and choose who gets to stick around for the long run and who gets to get kicked out. I can't make that make sense. If I say that I don't fuck with somebody, then I don't fuck with them, period, in any aspect. You don't exist to me anymore. But for some reason, society can pick and choose what part of a person's past they can shine the light on and determine from that one particular moment in time whether that person is worth being successful or not. It doesn't matter how talented they are. It doesn't matter how beautiful they are. It doesn't matter how much they have going for them. It doesn't matter what all they've contributed positively. One bad break is all it takes for someone's career to go from 100 to zero in less than half a second. And that just doesn't make any sense at all to me. I think cancel culture itself needs to be retired because it's obviously not working. You're you're picking and choosing who you want to stay and who you want to leave. And you're overlooking some very big scandals, some very big details about people who just shouldn't matter. But yet here they are still making money and still being successful. And it's one thing to argue that an artist is just a bad musician and they shouldn't make money or they shouldn't make, you know, they shouldn't be successful because they're just bad at what they do. But it's another thing to blatantly sweep under the rug the awful, awful things that someone has done just because you think one or two of their songs is good and they have a lot of potential to make greater songs in the future. Like at one point, what point do you draw the line and say, no, you can't do that. That's not how this works. If you do that, then you have consequences that follow. There's no such thing as consequences for famous people. And that is an issue. But if it's the wrong person that society chooses to pluck out, it don't matter if you said this thing 25 years ago. You said it. And now it's a problem. You can't do anything. Or maybe you can, depending on how much people like you. Because if people like you enough, they don't care about what you do. If people have even a little bit of a problem with you, they'll find anything that they can to ruin your life over. And that is extremely, extremely backwards to me. It, it makes me honestly afraid to even say, voice my true opinions about certain things because I haven't even gotten started for real, for real yet. But even before I get started, I'll reach that brick wall. And I won't be able to go through it. I won't be able to go around it. I won't be able to dig a hole and go under it. I'll be stuck. Because somebody out there is going to find one thing to just pluck. And that's going to be the end of my career before it even begins. But for some people, it doesn't work that way. For some people, you can say and do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. What's the difference? 
That's what I can't seem to understand is what, what the difference is. But that's just my two cents. I want to thank you for sticking around and listening. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I want to thank you for the support and sticking around for me for as long as you have been. It's been great. And until next time, I will speak to you later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.